Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com. two of you. And this is where God sometimes does his deepest work in us. In group day. In secret. One-on-one. I want you to think about the last time you were truly alone with, with God. I don't mean vegging on the couch watching Glee. Yeah, That's just sad. Think secret. When, when was the last time you actually took the time to, to escape and get away to withdraw it, to actually just listen for God's voice and ask him to guide you. Maybe you're a morning person. Um, I'm not. You, maybe you steal a few moments in the morning before the day begins. Most of us do that. We throw kind of a, 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 wind, you know, a, a prayer out the car window as we like peel out a Dunkin' Donuts on the way to work or school, whatever. Maybe mornings are not en day for you. Maybe they're chaotic. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you're a night owl. And the only alone time you have actually comes at day's end. And you are just like the psalmist. You pray to God on your pillow Dear Father, the, the truth is most of us can't think of a moment where we aren't always in motion. In his great book, The Life You've Always Wanted, author uh, John Ortberg, he notes, he says, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Hurry can destroy our souls. Hurry can keep us from living well. As Carl Jung wrote, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. Amen. For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. That's chilling to me. It's not that we'll renounce our faith. I'm not, it's that we'll settle for mediocrity. Is it possible that, that our need for speed is causing us to miss out maybe on the deeper work that God wants to do at the core of you. The truth is a spiritual life can't be done at a sprint. It requires us to slow down. A mushroom grows in six hours. An oak tree, this baby, at least 60 years. And cultivating that inner ring, that croup day, that secret life known only to God, takes time. As I said, it's great to worship together every week, but church alone will not form Christ in you. In fact, sometimes I think church brings out the devil. Think about what it took you to get here today. (laughs) 
if you're anything like my family in the morning, it's insane. Uh, it is just, it is ungodly. We go crazy trying to get dressed, and I'm just going to put this thing, can I throw this accident for a minute, just leave that there? It's like weeping and gnashing of teeth at my house to get out in the morning, man. It is like, you know, get the kids, they scream, you know, get in the, get in the car, we're coming here, this road is closed, we've got to take a detour, and then we drop them off at Liquid Kids, they got boogies running down their face, sorry, Miss Carrie, we grab coffee, you know. Run on in, and, 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 and maybe you're right now, you're checking your watch and thinking about where you're going to eat lunch or dinner or whatever. <laughs> That's the frenetic pace most of us live on, and it's a treadmill to nowhere. Jesus is like, you need something slower, quieter, where God actually has access to the, to the inner you, the unseen secret part of you. So he can speak to you, actually reshape you, and pour his life into you so it can flow out to others. He wants to train you in croup day. That's the central secret to growing deeper in Christ. In fact, it's literally the secret out of which Jesus himself ministered. If you look again at Mark 135, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Just stop there because I'll give you the Tim Lucas International paraphrase. Very early in the morning... <laughs> before he checked his Crackberry, <laughs> before he updated his status, before he checked the highlights on SportsCenter, <gasps> Jesus got up, left the house and went where? To a solitary place where he prayed. That is, he spent time in, in croupte, in secret with his father first. That word croupte is actually very interesting. It actually, in the ancient world, it is a literal secret closet that's built into an oriental home for meditation. So, so during the day, you go there to actually meditate. It's a private retreat from all the hustle and bustle. Do you, do you have a croupte? Does anyone have a croupte? A place where you meet with God in secret, just you and him, one-on-one. -on -one. I do. And it's actually a part of my life that I think I first mentioned to a few of you uh, a couple years ago. And this week, I went there to give you a tour in person. Secret, where it's concealed from public view. And the context here is Jesus is telling his disciples how to walk intimately with their father, how you draw strength from him and actually let his power flow through you. And he says, whenever you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, and croupte, and your father who sees in croupte will reward you. Do you have a croupte, a secret place that you go to to draw your life and be filled by God? Do you have a secret time. It could be a place with your Heavenly Father. It's hidden from everybody's view. It's away from the noise where He has access to you. So He can actually guide and fill and form Christ inside of you. Because a croupte, a secret place, is central if you want to grow in your faith. Last week, I, uh, I think I mentioned this. When, when God wants to grow a mushroom, He takes, remember this, how many? Six hours. When He wants to grow an oak tree, He takes 60 years. And uh, I went to, into the forest this week behind my house with an axe. Yo, ho, ho. And now some of you are like, this is getting amazing here, man. Clippers, an axe, what's it going to bring out? A chainsaw? No. I went in for an oak tree, actually, and took a cross-section of it. I couldn't get the whole thing down, but I did get part of it, and I'll show you the cross-section. You guys probably know this. When you see the rings around it, that tells you how old the tree is. And the deeper, the more rings it has, it means the, the, the older it is, the denser, the sturdier, the more solid and stronger it is. The deeper the ring, the greater the growth. Yeah, you got this? And that's instructional for us because it means the outer ring, right? That's what everybody sees. 
that's the level of growth, the bark everybody sees from the outside. But the heart of the tree, the strongest wood is dead center at its core. And if you think of how we grow, that's pretty similar. If you think about uh, rings, if you draw a circle, almost like a bullseye, the rings of the spiritual life, you realize on the deepest outer edge is really what we're doing right here, right? We're, we're all right now in church. We're gathering the assembled believers. We see one another. We worship together. We sing songs. We open God's word. We receive communion. And that's important, but notice it's not the core. In a way, it's actually the external and outer ring of our faith that everybody can see. One level deeper, we have medium-sized community. You guys know this. We call those groups. That's where we gather, 10 to 20 people. We, we eat a meal. We share friendship. We have spiritual dialogue about what we're learning. And, and, and that's a level deeper because you actually have to apply it to your everyday life. I am a big believer in groups. I'm in one this year. My wife is in one. I think she's actually in two of them this fall. And we have 35 new groups launching. That's very exciting. So if you're new to our church, we have room for you. But there's a third ring, just you and God, one on one, in croupte, in secret, just the two of you. And this is where God sometimes does his deepest work in us, in croupte, in secret, one on one. I want you to think about the last time you were truly alone with, with God. I don't mean vegging on the couch watching Glee. Yeah, that's just sad. Think secret. When, when was the last time you actually took the time to, to escape and get away, to withdraw, to actually just listen for God's voice and ask him to guide you? Maybe you're a morning person, um, I'm not. You, maybe you steal a few moments in the morning before the day begins. Most of us do that. We throw kind of a, 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 wind, you know, a, a prayer out the car window as we like peel out a Dunkin' Donuts on the way to work or school, whatever. Maybe mornings are not en croupte for you. Maybe they're chaotic. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you're a night owl. And the only alone time you have actually comes at day's end. And you are just like the psalmist. You pray to God on your pillow. Dear Father... The truth is, most of us can't think of a moment where we aren't always in motion. In his great book, The Life You've Always Wanted, author uh, John Ortberg, he notes, he says, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Hurry can destroy our souls. Hurry can keep us from living well. As Carl Jung wrote, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. Amen. <laughs> For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. That's chilling to me. It's not that we'll renounce our faith. I'm not it's that we'll settle for mediocrity. Is it possible that, that our need for speed is causing us to miss out maybe on the deeper work that God wants to do at the core of you? The truth is, a spiritual life can't be done at a sprint. It requires us to slow down. A mushroom grows in six hours. An oak tree, this baby, at least 60 years. And cultivating that inner ring, that croupte, that secret life known only to God, takes time. As I said, it's great to worship together every week, but church alone will not form Christ in you. In fact, sometimes I think church brings out the devil. Think about what it took you to get here today. <laughs> If you're anything like my family in the morning, it's insane. Uh, it is just, it is ungodly. 
we go crazy trying to get dressed, and I'm just going to put this thing, can I throw this axe in it for a minute, just leave that there? It's like weeping and gnashing of teeth at my house to get out in the morning, man. It is like, you know, get the kids, they scream, you know, get in the, get in the car, we're coming here, this road is closed, we've got to take a detour, and then we drop them off at Liquid Kids, they got boogies running down their face, sorry, Miss Carrie, we grab coffee, you know, run on in, and, 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 and maybe you're right now, you're checking your watch and thinking about where you're going to eat lunch or dinner or whatever. <laughs> That's the frenetic pace most of us live on, and it's a treadmill to nowhere. Jesus is like, you need something slower, quieter, where God actually has access to the to the inner you, the unseen secret part of you. So he can speak to you, actually reshape you, and pour his life into you so it can flow out to others. He wants to train you in krupte. That's the central secret to growing deeper in Christ. In fact, it's literally the secret out of which Jesus himself ministered. If you look again at Mark 135, it says, Very early in the morning... While it was still dark, Jesus got up. Just stop there because I'll give you the Tim Lucas International paraphrase. Very early in the morning, before he checked his Crackberry, before he updated his status, before he checked the highlights on SportsCenter, <gasps> Jesus got up, left the house and went where? To a solitary place where he prayed. That is, he spent time in, in croupte, in secret with his father first. That word krupte is actually very interesting. It actually, in the ancient world, it is a literal secret closet that's built into an oriental home for meditation. So, so during the day, you go there to actually meditate. It's a private retreat from all the hustle and bustle. Do you, do you have a krupte? Does anyone have a krupte? A place where you meet with God in secret, just you and him, one-on-one. -on -one. I do. And it's actually a part of my life that I think I first mentioned to a few of you uh, a couple years ago. And this week, I went there to give you a tour in person. I've been coming to the Stone Retreat for a couple of years. Early in the morning, it's beautiful being outside. There's something about, before all the emails start, the phone calls, the meetings, there's something about being outside and spending time alone. Time alone with God. I call it my vine time. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches and you need to remain in me or abide in me if you're going to bear fruit. And remaining or abiding is simply just being, being alone, alone with God. It's my vine time. I spend some time in worship, which helps ground my focus for the day. It helps me realize that it's not about me, it's about what God wants to do through me that day. Sometimes I'll sing, sometimes I'll be silent. Silence is a big part of vine time, creating room and space for me to hear the voice of my Heavenly Father. In prayer, I'll lay before Him what's to come that day. I'll often pray for people in my life who need help or are facing difficult decisions. I'll ask Him for guidance when I'm confused or I'm facing conflict. More often than not, God meets me here. It's our secret. It's our vine time. There are any number of times where God has spoken to me directly, words of wisdom through scripture. He's given me discernment when facing decisions or clarity in a conflict. There, there was this one time where someone who had hurt me, I was very sure was in the wrong, but after my, my vine time with God, he revealed it was me who needed to reach out and apologize to them. Many times I'm overwhelmed by what people in my life are going through. 
I think of my father's cancer or a friend's addiction, someone's relationship who's breaking up. I feel like I can't hold all of that in my hands. It's overwhelming. But part of vine time or remaining in Christ, abiding in Him, is realizing I can release those to the hands of my Heavenly Father who can take care of all of it. Vine time is about freedom, drawing your life from, from the life of, of Christ within you, establishing at the outset of the day that God is God and I'm not, thank God. And He's big enough to handle all these things. In Matthew 6, Jesus said, Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. So this is where I enjoy my secret vine time with God. I guess it's not much of a secret anymore. Every follower of Jesus needs his or her own secret place to enjoy the love of your Father and draw life from His Son. Do you have one? Where is it? Remember, God's waiting to meet you there. Vine time. I think that's a, that's a good description of what a croupte is. It's a place that's known only to you and God where He grows you internally, your, your internal life in secret. Do you have a croupte? A private place where you spend time on the vine with your Father? If not, guarantee you will wither on the vine. <laughs> you, you will hit a ceiling in your spiritual growth. Going to church will only take you so far. Joining a life group will take you deeper in. Community is essential to growth. But solitude, cultivating this interior life with God is essential if you're going to grow spiritually. Jesus regularly withdrew to secret places to spend time in solitude, talking with his Father, and I think it's the, the best way to say it is his private prayer life was the power behind his public ministry. In fact, if you trace the rhythm of Jesus' ministry in Scripture, you'll see a pattern emerge. Turn to Matthew 14. Just flip there real quick. I want to show you something totally cool. His example here, there's a sequence in Jesus' life in which it's very powerful. All sorts of miracles are happening, but watch this. It says, in Matthew 14, 13, we read that Jesus withdrew by boat privately to a what? To a solitary place. In other words, he made time to be alone in croupte, disconnected from the crowd, no clamor, just one-on-one -on -one time with his father, right? Now what happens immediately after he spends time in the secret place with his father? Look at the heading of this passage. It says, Jesus feeds the 5,000. In other words, boom, out of his private time comes this powerful public miracle. Boom. You see, watch this. Skip 10 verses ahead. Verse 23, it says, after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Most of us hate being alone. <laughs> we will do anything to avoid it. But Jesus bookended his day. He started it with solitude. And by day's end, he was depleted. But notice what he did not do. He did not hit the DVR and watch a rerun of Kate Plus 8. He actually withdrew all alone in croupte to decompress the day with his father. And what's the result? Now watch, look again at the heading. Jesus walks on water. All through the Gospels, you will see this pattern over and over again. He engages, he withdraws. He engages, he withdraws. Wax on, wax off. And the print, thank you. 
And the principle he's modeling for us is simple but profound. Public power flows from your private prayer life. The time you spend with God and cruptate in secret when no one is watching. Time on the vine. Secrecy actually gave Jesus the courage to obey his father and minister powerfully to people in need. It was a habit of his heart, a daily discipline, if you will. As Christians, I think sometimes we focus so much on the, on the steps of Christ. What do I, what do, I do to, to walk in his steps that we forget about the stops of Christ? Yeah? Understand what I'm saying? D- discipleship is not just about following the steps of Jesus, but his stops as well. There were times when he deliberately hit the pause button, withdrew from the battle to invest time connecting with his father in just resting in his presence and being replenished. Luke records, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Does that describe your croupte? Often there's a frequency, there's a regular place where you give full access of yourself away from the noise and the bang and the clatter and the distraction of everyday life so you can just stop what you're doing and simply remain and abide so he can remake you in his image. Notice I didn't ask, so do you go to church? Do you read the verse for the day that your friend emails you? I said, do you have a dedicated place where you regularly go to spend vine time? with your heavenly father. I mean, if Jesus himself needed secret time alone to gain power for living, is it possible we don't? Every serious follower of Christ needs your own vine time with God when you are connecting, remaining, abiding, and just drawing power from being in his presence. That's the invitation that Jesus makes here in Matthew 6 to his disciples. He says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. That's why I go to that stone retreat behind my house every, every week. I meet God there. That's one of my places. It's our secret place. Don't try to find it. I, when I mentioned this before a couple of years ago, a few people were like, I know where that is. Like they're gonna kinda, you know, don't, I can't count the times at that place that God has ministered his grace to me in secret and I've walked away changed, a different person. In other words, I've come in one frame of mind, convinced in my heart of something, and left completely changed. I, I remember um, one time there was this conflict at work. I was pretty hot and bothered, uh, imagine that, with somebody on staff. I will not say who. I, I, I can give you, I, I'll give you their initials. Their initials were Tom Kang. No, just kidding. <laughs> just, 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 I'm just kidding. But I know if I had not stopped that morning for my, my secret time with God before going to talk with them, I know exactly what would have happened. My frustration, my anger would have leaked out and I would have overreacted and probably poured more fuel on the fire. I tend to do that sometimes. But, but as I meditated on scripture, right, right now I'm reading through Jesus' parables. His spirit spoke to me gently. Actually surfaced all that I was feeling and held up his word like a mirror to my face. I was like, that's me. <laughs> I'm the guy muttering under his breath and I'm guilty of murder. Ah, and what'd Christ do for me? grace. He forgave me. And it calmed my spirit. His spirit centered my soul and gave me an entirely different outlook on the situation. And out of that time, I actually was able to run to that conflict with a pure heart and have a conversation that led to healing, not more hostility. You understand? Some of of you, 
if your relationship, okay, with your, with your spouse or your coworker is tanking, you may be spending too much time with them and not enough time with God. You, you may be talking to all sorts. You may talk things through with a friend. That's great. You may read a book. That's, counseling is helpful at times. But sometimes the only thing powerful enough to change our hearts is God himself in secret. Vine time is where the Father warms a cold heart with his love. In secret, you, you get guidance from his spirit. In secret, you receive strength from his son. You attach yourself to Christ and abide in him. That ain't going to happen in an hour on Sunday, okay? So let's just get tactical right here. If this week you wanted to establish that croupte with God, what would it look like? Jesus actually highlights three things, qualities here in Matthew 6. He says your croupte, your, your secret life with God, has got to be, first, it's got to be practical. Notice he says when you pray, he assumes his disciples regularly talk with their father. When you pray, he says, go into your room. In other words, it's got to be portable. There is a sense of place. You can do it wherever you are. It's not about location but it's got to be private. He says, close the door and pray to your father in secret. Krupte, it's between you and him one-on-one. Let me unpack each one of these for you. Practical. Notice it says, go into what? Your room. It doesn't say what kind of room or which room. It says, it's your room. (laughs) Now, this could be your house, your school, office. It could be your car on the road. The idea is you can withdraw in secret wherever you are. I happen to have found that park by my house, and I swing on, you know, by there on the way to work, but that, maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe you take a train into the city, yeah? What if, what if your room each day was, was the train, and instead of actually reading the paper or, you know, actually, you know, just cat doing work, you spent that as your croupte time with God preparing you for what's on the other side of the tunnel. Mm. Maybe it's time at home. Maybe, maybe you stay at home with kids or something, but you've got a window of time every, every morning, you know, 21 minutes <laughs> to escape the kids when they're down for their naps at school or something like that. And you, don't, and you don't just, you resist the impulse just to clean the house or get more done, but you go into secret and you find rest and retreat, a croupte during the middle of the day to draw strength for, the, for what you'll need for the rest of it. Maybe you've got little kids, okay, and you just got to lock yourself in a closet. My mother-in-law, she actually has a prayer closet. I was visiting her house in Florida, and I go in there, and there's nothing in here. I was just like, is this the pantry or something? She goes, oh, that's my prayer closet. She actually goes in there and like, locks the door and everything. I was just like, hey, what if you can't get out? You know, I trust God. Okay. The point is, it's practical. And the second thing is, it's portable. You can take it on the road. Don't get wed to the location. Get wed to this discipline of time alone. I do this wherever I am. Sometimes I go to that park by my house. I have several different undisclosed locations. Uh, there's this one, there's this one actually in a town next to me. It's just kind of this, there's this library and it's got like this field and a gazebo, but it's huge. It's, nobody's ever there. And so I will go there a lot of times with my iPod. I'll put it in and I'm just kind of like walking and I'll, I, I prayer walk. All right. I just, I walk back and forth and I sing cause no one can hear me. <laughs> you know, it's, there's no one around and I'll walk and I, you know, I just spend some time worshiping. Honestly, I love worship here on Sundays, but that's part of my regular life too. And one time I remember I was doing this and, and then I sat down at his picnic table and start writing my journal and I get a tap on the shoulder and I look up and it's a cop. And he goes, uh, hey, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm sorry. He goes, take off your earphones. What are you doing here? I go, oh, I'm sorry. Is there a problem, officer? And he goes, uh, yeah, we just got a report of a man acting suspiciously. I go, oh, okay. And I like start looking around. He goes, they said, uh, and they had like a little notebook. He goes, he said, they said he was talking to himself and walking around waving his arms. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, that's me, that's me, you know, kind of thing. I was just like, oh, I, but I'm a pastor. That we, I was just 
praying. It's like, you have some ID? You know, it's that kind of thing. The, the point is, the secret life should be portable. You, you have time that you can spend with God, places you can go anywhere, wherever you are. You can go and take time, whether you're waiting in an airport terminal or you're stuck in traffic. Maybe it's your lunchtime at work. You spend a half hour walking around your building, actually talking to, to Christ. Watch out for security. Jesus says, close the door and pray to your Father in croupte in secret. In other words, it needs to be private. This is about you and him nobody else. And this is where you give God access to the hidden places in you. It is the only place in your life where you can be utterly naked and completely honest. It's, it is the inner ring where nobody else sees the deepest part of you. It is more intimate than even your life group or your closest friends can offer you. This is about becoming a child with your trusted father, believing you can actually be transparent with him no matter what you are going through. Philip Yancey wrote an excellent book on prayer. Highly recommend it to you. Love Yancey. Check this out. He writes how Japanese have two words that hint at the different rings of the self. He says on the outside is the tatemae. He says that's the part that people see on the outside and, but on the inside is the hongye. It's the place where nobody sees. In other words, outer ring, inner ring. So tatamai is what you project to your casual friends, maybe some people here at church, your work acquaintances, but the hongye is the vulnerable part that only a few people in your life are privileged to see. Yancey says, we need a third word for the secret places we make only known to God in croup day in secret those compartments of shame or guilt or regret that we, that we kind of seal away from the outside world. Scripture says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks where? On the heart and croupte. He gets beyond the tate mae. He gets beyond the hongne, and he's able to penetrate to the very core. You guys know what happens to a, um, a human relationship that stays at a superficial level? Yeah, it fails. It petrifies. It actually gets hardened. You know, you guys know this. You talk about the weather and sports and concerts, but we steer clear of all the stuff that really matters, the junk inside, the hidden jealousies or petty hurts or I resent how rude your kids are. And no surprise, the relationship goes nowhere because it stays on the surface. But relationships deepen when we share secrets. Secrecy is the inner ring. It is the antidote to superficiality. The same is true with your God. Unless you share your deeper secrets with him, bitterness about unanswered prayer, grief over a loss, anger at his seeming absence, that relationship will go nowhere. You can keep going to church, but you will never break through the intimacy barrier. C.S. Lewis, the Oxford Don, put it this way. We must lay before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. In other words, I'll just leave it there. We must put before God what he already knows about you. He knows it. If you really knew God could be trusted, that, that he was present, that he was waiting to meet with you, what would you tell him in secret? 
that's what we're going to give you a chance to do today. We're going to clear a little space and give you room to, to reconnect with the vine. Before we come to the communion table, I want, we're going to give some time for you to take in silence and asking God just to reconnect, actually to weigh your heart. What's in there? What, what unconfessed, what, what sins need confession? What parts of you are broken and actually need healing? Remaining in Christ, it means that we actually draw our identity, guys, from what God says about us, not the world. That's the problem. We hear all these other voices, but not God's voice. That you are my creation. I created you. You're not an accident. I've made you on purpose. I love you. I'm not angry at you. I've given my son. He died. That was for you. I'd rather die than live without you. And I see you as perfect. Not because you are perfect. Jesus was perfect. And his life is now in you. He longs to love you guys as only a perfect father can. Guys, I, the reason we're spending this fall with room to respond is because I truly believe there is power just being in God's presence. So as we move around the room, as we light candles... When you light a candle, we're, you're simply saying, nothing in my life grows without the light of Christ. I'm groping in darkness if I don't have the illumination of his spirit. That's why we light a candle. God, Jesus, I want your light in my life. I want you to guide me. Maybe you're going to nail a prayer to the cross. But let this silent time be your croupte for you to personally reconnect with your Father. I want to do something different today as we come to communion. I want everyone to close their eyes. Can we all just do that? All of our campuses, let's just close our eyes together. Go ahead, close them. And just listen. Listen to your Father. I'm waiting for you. Find a quiet place. Just be here as simply and honestly as you can manage. you will begin to sense my grace.
Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Audio. If this message has touched you, we'd love to know how. Just email Pastor Dave Adamson at churchonline at liquidchurch.com. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com.